Hey, men, and welcome to another episode of Quality Manhood, a show meant for Christian men seeking to understand how to apply God's truth in everyday life. I'm one of the hosts of the show, PJ Burner, along with my co-host, Kellen Allen. What's happening? And then again, in studio, we've got Evan Jacobson with us. Hello again. The punt snapper. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fish. Slash high school ministry director at Compass Bible Church. Yes, and your favorite person here. That's a bold statement. Wow. Don't know if I can get there. Bold but and italics. I like you, and uh, you're a good guy, hence why we've got you on the show. Um, yeah, well, one of the things besides rearranging my office that I'm known for around uh, these places is... Uh, Would you a, rearrange the studio? I yeah, did. Just full transparency. I did. I, I rearranged here. the studio when we got in here because it and wasn't it set up well. The feng shui or whatever that is, is uh, was off. No, it just, we couldn't fit three grown men around the table where it was, so I moved it. Thanks a lot, Kellen, for calling me out on that. Appreciate that. That's what I'm here for. But yeah, I'm a big baseball fan, and uh, unfortunately, I'm a fan of the Texas Rangers who are not uh, doing so well this season, although their stadium is going to host the World Series. They won't be in it, but their stadium is going to host the How World Series. How did that work out? Because of the, the bubble, um, because of COVID, because I, that's, that's still happening. we're worried that everyone's going to catch it and die. Fair. Anyways, I'm a big baseball fan. I've got baseball stuff in my office. I talk about baseball. I watch baseball. And so a lot of times I'll get people that come up to me and say, so you played baseball. And I'm like, no, I didn't really play baseball. But they think I did mm. because I talk about it so much and I have baseball things around me and I have baseball pictures up on my wall. Uh, and, and actually, that's not entirely true. I mean, I played in Little League growing up like everybody does. I played one year of high school baseball and I made the, the junior varsity team. And in that time, I uh, was, was on the team and my, our manager, our head coach came up to us and said, Bernard, you, you know why you made the team? And I was thinking to myself because of my stellar skills and yeah. speed and flashing the leather and everything else. And he looked at me, he goes, because you're the best encourager that we have on the team. Wow. Wow. Which AKA is coach speech for uh, get used to your spot on the bench because you're, you're not going to get off the bench. That That's hurts. crushing. So yeah. yeah, actually far from being a baseball player, I was, uh, I was the best encourager on my high school baseball team. Did he say that with a smile? He did. He was Ooh. a very nice guy. You should have got nice an award for that. Yeah. It's oh. coach Chandler. I still best remember the guy right there. Yeah. So all that to say though, just because you talk about something a lot, just because you may put yourself out there as an expert in something, just because you're familiar with something, doesn't mean you know anything about it. Doesn't mean that you've had a whole lot of experience with it. And not to thrust the dagger in too deeply, but I think for a lot of us, that's true of discipleship. I think a lot of us men are really good at talking about discipleship. I think we're really good at having different books about discipleship. I think we're really good at knowing all the different programs of discipleship. And yet, just like me in baseball, we really have very little experience with discipleship at all. Uh, there's a video that's out there from uh, a website called For the Church, and it's from a guy named Michael Kelly. It's a two-minute video clip. You can probably find it if you search Michael Kelly Discipleship for the Church. It'll probably come up. And, and Kelly talks a lot about this problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, that we have made discipleship overcomplicated in the church with all of our programs, with all of our jargon, with all of our plans, with all of our pressure, and we've just made it too complicated. So that's what I want us to kind of workshop together a little bit during this episode, kick around together in this episode is what should discipleship look like for a Christian man? Uh, what should we be doing? Um, and how can we avoid, like Kelly says, uh, continuing to add layer upon layer of complexity to discipleship so that it, it just paralyzes us. And all the while we feel good about it because we're talking a lot about discipleship. Yeah. Uh, so Kellen, why don't you talk to us about, um, sometimes we think, man, to be a good discipler, 
I need to be discipling 30 people. Yeah. Talk to us about the, the approach of, of quantity versus quality. Right. And even before I get there, I want to take a step back and just say, understanding what discipleship is and, and coming alongside a brother and being able to grow their relationship closer to Christ because you're there. Um, and so if we take our focus off of that and get into uh, the the books and the programs, like you mentioned, then that can easily be lost. So I think one way to make sure that uh, we're on the right path is is asking yourself that before the conversation, before the meetings, well, uh, am I pointing this person and growing them closer to Christ? And is is that happening? And start with that. But then, yeah, the question that you ask is quality versus quantity. And this happens a lot because this sort of goes towards that that pride and ego factor that we have of like, man, I'm discipling 30 people. Like all of them are, are looking to me for to grow their relationship to Christ. And when you think about a number that large, you doing it by yourself, you're probably not that effective. Um, and this happens to a lot of men that are listening now. If you're in any type of management or leadership, you understand that and saying that, you know, sometimes when you have a team of two or three people, you're able to get more out of them than you are when you have this huge team that you're responsible for because you only have so much time. You only have so much ability to really um, disciple or um, invest into a particular person. And so I think first and foremost is understanding how much bandwidth you actually have yeah. in discipleship and, and figuring out, of hey, if I got one person that I'm taking through our I'll say partners because that's the discipleship program we use here at Compass. But if you're discipling one person and you're uh, you f- you're really meeting with that person, you're investing in them and you're intentional about it, it might be a while before you add on a second or a third. And just because somebody wants to be discipled by you, it's okay to say, hey, I, I don't have the bandwidth right now, but right. let me put you in touch with somebody that I know will be great for you. And so being able to do that as opposed to just racking in a lot of people so you can say, hey, I got a lot of, a lot of people that I'm quote unquote working on and right. helping them when it might feel good to you, but they're not truly growing closer to Christ. Right. Yeah. You use that word bandwidth a couple of times there. And, and most of our men may be familiar with that, but if you're not, if, if you're kind of going, okay, I've used that word before, but what's the, what's the concept there? The bandwidth, if you think about your internet, like your internet at home, you've got a certain amount of bandwidth, a certain amount of speed um, that you have coming into your house. And the more devices that are on your network, the slower your internet is going to go because right. each device is taking a portion of that bandwidth. And it's, it's like traffic on the highway. As you're coming down the five South from LA, trying to get home to Orange County, man, the more cars that are on the road, the slower you're going to go. Right. And it's the same thing, uh, with, with your internet at home. And, and Kellen's applying that now to this concept of, of discipleship. The more people that you're trying to, uh, invest in and disciple, uh, at the same time, it's going to be harder and harder and harder for you to do a good job with all of that because you're going to be split. You're going to be divided. You're going to have to send your attention and focus to so many different areas rather than focusing on a select handful. Um, and we even saw that with Christ, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had m- many more than 12 followers, but he took 12. Yep. And then beyond that, he even took three out of those 12 <laughs> and really drove down deeply with those three. And so we see that example from our Lord and Savior. And it's like, okay, well, if it was good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Uh, what makes you successful as, as a discipler is not a, a, a notch on your belt for every single person that you've discipled. It's, okay, w- the investment, it's the quality, it's the, is, is life change taking place? Kellen, uh, you mentioned partners. Evan, I want you to talk to us a little bit about that. We've got this, this program here at our church called Partners, which is great, uh, which is not, by the way, just for our church, but we make it available for other people. If you're listening and you uh, are interested in just a really great, solid um, 
discipleship program that takes you from the opening stages of the gospel all the way through all the fundamentals of the faith, really. Uh, Partners is a great option for you. You can find out more about that at our website at compassbiblechurch.org. But Evan, all that to say, a program is not necessarily a bad thing, right? I don't want to suggest with all this that just because we're talking about programs and and don't actually get to it, a program can be a helpful thing, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you got our partners program, which is like it's a ten chapter manual that is a great uh, tool to help uh, a discipler help a disciplee go through scripture, think through the. It's almost like Christianity one on one at a very deep level. And there's other great books that I, I personally love to do, like Spiritual Disciplines by Don Whitney, or many other just books that you can lead people through. Um, but I, those are on ramps to the freeway. Those are just the first steps. Those are something that, especially as men, for some reason, a lot of us don't like, we can spend, we can watch a football together uh, and never say a word, and we had a great time. We can play 18 round, you know, eighteen holes of golf. You, you know, that's how much I golf. Um, 18 rounds of golf. 18 rounds of golf. <laughs> that's how much. I don't golf, by the way. That would be 72 hours of golf. Yeah. That's a lot of golf. For some of you, you would love that. But we can golf all day and never say a word, and we had a great time. And so for some reason, the only way that we will talk, as, as an athlete, I told Kellen this, is that if we suffer through a terrible workout together and throw up, then we're like, no, I will open up to you. Why would you just tell Kellen about that? Because... Because you, you only talked about only wow. you only like baseball. You didn't wow. you hear the prejudice there? Just as an athlete, and I talked to Kellen about this when you're working out, and, uh, and just, dude, as as if you weren't first team all encourager. Okay? That's right. I have a Peloton. I ride the bike. Anyways, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Keep going. As an athlete, when you work out, but yeah, that, that's like the time that we're able to open up for some weird reason. And so, uh, what I love about you, what I love about partners, or some of these other books that can be helpful, they're not the um, the the end goal. Those are just the on ramps to develop a relationship and a rapport with the person that I'm trying to lead to be more like Christ. And so, this is just the stepping stone. Um, but I think. PJ, you're going to be talking about this more, but the more that we're saturated in, in God's word, the, that, that stepping stone will gradually always lead to God's word. And the more that we're in it, the more that we can then take that person through life to be more like Christ. Right. Yeah. Programs are great. Uh, the Partners Manual is great. These other programs, Don Whitney's book is great. Um, if your church has a discipleship program, awesome. Do that. It's helpful. The problem with a program is when the program becomes the end and not like like Evan was saying, a, a means to an end, an on-ramp. Um, discipleship doesn't end. Uh, you don't get to a place in this life where you're like, well, I'm discipled. I'm done. It's time for me to be done and, and, uh, and graduate from discipleship. Give me my diploma. Discipleship. diploma. I'm going to retire. Right. And, and some of you have like framed certificates from your discipleship program <laughs> that you've done hanging on your office wall. And you're like, well, I've been discipled. See, I've got the, I've got the thing. It's hanging on my wall. And again, great. I'm glad you went through the program. That's fantastic. That's good. But the the intention of that program, I guarantee you, was not for you to kick back and be like, I'm done. Uh, Because as Christians, the rest of our life involves discipleship. Um, Some of you are are listening to this. You're in different life stages right now. Some of you are in high school listening to this. And uh, maybe you've gone through a program. Maybe you haven't gone through a program. Some of you are in college. Some of you are uh, like most of the three of us are, you're in fact including Evan. He's got a, a his firstborn on the way. That's right, baby that. boy. Do when again? February twenty third. Awesome. What's his that's name? exciting. We well, there's several names that we have wow. out there, so we haven't picked one yet. Until... Titan Emmanuel Jacobson. Wow. Oh, I like that one. Tedge. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah. So we are uh, we're all in this stage of of having families and young kids at home. 
some of you are listening to this and you have empty nests. Some of you are listening to this and you have been uh, in retirement for a while now and you're enjoying that. No matter where you are while you are listening to this episode, God wants you to be discipled um, and to be discipling. And so let's kick that around for a little bit. Uh, if, if I am a younger man and I'm sitting here going, okay, I, I want to be discipled. Um, what are some ways that we can find someone to invest in us in that way? If, if we don't have somebody right off the top of our head, how should we go about saying, hey, I want to be discipled? Well, since I guess I'm the high school director, I should probably take a stab at this first. If you're of the high school age, and let's say you're not in Elisa Viejo, California, where our church is located, I would say find a God, you know, a gospel preaching church and get plugged in. If they have a youth group, get plugged in and seek out the adult volunteers or even the adult pastor or director and ask them, hey, I want to be discipled. I want to be more like Christ. How can I, how can we do that? You kind of have to, sometimes we have to take initiative. We sometimes have to, you know, step out first in order for something to happen. And so if you're of the high school age, go find a church, get plugged into your the youth group there and get plugged into a small group and participate. You're going to have to sacrifice time, energy, and some of your, your plans. Uh, if you want to be like Christ, you're going to have to you know, sacrifice the world to follow Christ. So sometimes it might mean you you might not hang out with some friends on the weekend. Instead, you grab coffee with a, an older man that's going to be able to help you be more like Christ. So for high school age, that's why I would, that's why I would advise them. Okay. What about if, if, uh, if you're new to a church, new to the area, and you are where we're at. You're married, you've got young kids at home and you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I would love to be uh, discipled. I would love to have somebody that w- would invest in my life. Kellen, what would you recommend for somebody like that? Getting into um, a ministry or a small group, as Evan mentioned, but you know, if you're older and have kids, then I think getting into a men's Bible study is always um, a great start. And with that, you get a, a wide variety of ages there. You get a wide variety of people that are in different stages of life with kids, with grandkids, whatever that may look like. And from there, you can um, start to ask around uh, in regards to you know, people that are plugged into the church, people that are on fire for the Lord, people that are known around the church just for serving, for leading, for discipling, uh, and, and start getting around those folks. The people that you surround yourself with are the ones that you start to sort of emulate and become more like, and that's what you want to you want to get yourself around those people. And, and even taking it a step further, uh, you know, if you have young kids, get around families that have older kids, get around people that have, have been there, have done that, have experienced that, and they can tell you, hey, these are things that worked well uh, just in regards to um, pointing my kids to Christ or navigating through these areas in life. And, you know, these are the, the stumbling blocks that I came across that I want to give you ahead of time so you don't have to. Um, so really taking a look at wherever your stage is in life, looking at that next stage and saying, how can I get somebody that's there that can potentially disciple me? And it doesn't always work that way, but for the most part, you have um, that experience factor that they've been there and done that that can help you out. Just to add something to that, you've been doing high school ministry, just serving in it for eight years, and just something I've noticed with with high schoolers and even people my own age, 
um, in the late 20s, early 30s, is that this is going to take effort. To do what Kellen and, and what we're saying is that it takes effort. It might, it not, It's not going to be easy at first. It's not going to come naturally because the Christian life isn't going to be natural. Satan wants us to be isolated, wants us not for it not to work out. So we're going to have to put in the, the hard work to put in the, the hard work of prayer, to trust in God, and the effort to make those friends, to sacrifice that time and energy to keep pressing, keep looking for those disciple lures for for them to disciple you. So it's going to take, it could take a little bit of time and it, take, it might take a little bit of energy, but it's so worth it once God is the, finds the right person to lead you in your life and your walk with Christ. But it could take effort and it's not going to come naturally. It's not going to be easy. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. You know, Kellen mentioned getting involved in men's Bible study or getting involved. Maybe it's a, a ministry where... Um, you've got a young marriage ministry at your church where you've got an older mentor couple with younger uh, married couples like we have it here at our church, whatever it is. I mean, yeah, do the work to find that person. I can tell you men listening as, as a pastor, if somebody came up to me and said, Hey, I would love to be discipled. And no matter who it is, if it's a, if it's an, a younger man or an older man or whoever it is, just saying, I would love for somebody to invest in me, to pour into me. Uh, look, if, if I don't have the bandwidth or, or the time to be able to do it myself, I would love nothing more than to be able to find somebody to do that. And so tap into your pastors, tap into your leaders, because they've got uh, a knowledge of men who hopefully they've got lined up saying, hey, I'm willing to go disciple somebody. If you've got a, a young man or a, a, an older man that wants to to connect and grow in his faith, connect him with me, and I'd be happy to do that. And if you're one of those older men, you know, be, uh, be willing, go to your pastor and, and tell them, look, hey, I would love to, to disciple somebody. Um, I, I, I'm available. I've got time on my hands. Let me do that. If, if you need somebody that is on the front lines, ready to go, ready to, to invest in somebody, I, I want to be that guy. Uh, and so if you don't find somebody naturally through being involved in, in subcongregational ministries like men's Bible study or a home fellowship group or, uh, you know, a marriage ministry, you know, keep your eye open for someone to disciple you and also for you to be able to disciple someone. Uh, but let's talk a little bit just briefly about what should discipleship look like then? If we're past the program, um, we've got somebody to invest in or somebody to invest in us, what should discipleship look like? Because our default and what Kelly was talking about, this guy at the very beginning of, of this, this video that prompted this whole episode, what he's talking about is our, our default is to go back to the program, go back to, well, let's get another book. Well, let's do another this, let's do another that. And he's talking about how that all overcomplicates the situation. And he's saying we can simplify it. So what should discipleship look like after the program? It, it, I think we've mentioned it a couple of times here, but it's not just a program and that's it. Um, and then one thing you mentioned uh, earlier is just taking a look at, at Jesus. He had his 12 and he had his three that were even closer. But one thing that was that he was thinking through as he was teaching them is, you know, what he puts in Matthew 28, 19 is go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And so he's not just teaching them just to have a relationship and say, hey, let me just fill your your brain with knowledge, but I'm teaching you with the expectation that you're going to go out and, and teach others and, and start to have sort of that uh, discipleship tree that's going to allow you to then, as we kind of talked about today, of if somebody were to come and ask, hey, I, I want to be discipled by somebody, you know, you got a multitude of people you can choose from because you know you've discipled a few people that those people that you've discipled, they've discipled a few people, and you have this almost this tree, and not to get a pat on the back or anything, but 
that's our responsibility is to go make disciples. And so having that thought process in the relationship of how can I continue to teach and train this individual, this person, and again, not a book, but being very specific on what they need to grow closer to Christ. How can I teach them to go be a, a, a teacher and a discipler for somebody else? Right. And, and, and that's great. Again, you know, we come back to this. Okay. I want to do that. So then do I need a book? Do I need a book? Need a book on disciple making disciples? Do I need a book on how to make a, a, a disciple who will go out and save people? And I, I think the answer to that question is maybe, but not necessarily. Uh, discipleship takes place, guys. When when you have somebody over to your house who's uh, you know younger in the faith than you are, and you sit down to dinner with your family, and you have them sitting at your table, and they see the way that you interact with your wife and the way that you interact with your kids. Um, discipleship takes place when uh, men, you, you grab a, a, a brother in Christ and say, Hey, let's go play around a golf. And for four hours, you're on the course. And yeah, if you're a, a man of God, who's saturated in the scriptures, you're not just going to sit there and say, wow, what a great day. What a great, what great weather. Oh man, you shanked that shot. Oh man. Did you see the Cowboys game last night? You're going to get after the heart of the person that you're playing with. Hey, how's, how's your relationship with Christ going? How's your marriage doing? How's your parenting going right now? How's your work life going right now? You're going to ask these probing questions and then take them back to the scriptures. Uh, Spurgeon always used to say, you know, when he would preach, he said, I would open up the text and I'd make a beeline for the cross. Well, as, as we're meeting with other men, um, guys, we should be opening them up through these questions and making a beeline for the scriptures with their answers. Uh, take him to the word of God. The word of God is the, the the power to change. That's the agent of change here. It's not you. You can't change anyone uh, for Christ. God's word through the spirit that indwells that person, that's what's gonna change them. So you just be a, a, a vessel, an instrument. And as you're asking a brother, hey, how's your marriage? Man, it's been hard right now. Well, what's going on? Talk to me about that. I've just been really short with my wife right now, angry with my, my wife right now. Well, let's talk, let's go to Proverbs 18. Let's talk through how we should be responding. Let's talk through what God wants for us in that. Let's go to Ephesians 5 and look at our roles for marriage. Those conversations are discipleship conversations. And those conversations need never end. And all of us need that. You know, last episode, we talked about taking uh, negative criticism. That's part of discipleship is having a brother in Christ that's going to give you that feedback, right? This is, this is why this is not a program, and this is why you're never fully discipled until uh, the day of glory, when you step into to heaven, until you are made like Christ. And one thing you, you alluded to there, and I just want to point out and highlight is, you know, that old saying of actions speak louder than words. So sometimes just bringing them along with you so that they can see you know, what you've been talking about with uh, the marriage between husband and wife or how you love your kids or how you um, act when you're out in public or you come across a non-believer, what those conversations sound like. Them being able to see what you've been speaking about in action um, is powerful. Um, and so, yeah, just being around um, and being face-to-face in person as much as we can through COVID um, is powerful um, when you look at discipleship. I think what also might help, something that has helped me when when trying to make disciples or being discipled by other men in my life is to, um, for, when I, for my, the people I'm discipling, I want to set the expectations to them. 
I don't want to say, hey, we're not just meeting so that I can just hit this quota or stand before God so that, hey, I, I, I taught this person for 10 weeks or 15 weeks or a year. I tell them, hey, my purpose is to make you into someone that will replicate yourself, to make disciples. So that's my expectation. I'm training you so that you, not only you will be like Christ, but that you will go out and make others like Christ. Uh, another thing I, I remind myself of is the purpose behind all this, the purpose why I'm going golfing with, or actually I won't go golfing with them, but we go golfing with the people that we're discipling or having them over for dinner, watching Monday Night Football, watching um, Dallas and the Stanley Cup. Congratulations, BJ, on that one. Winning. But it, it's the purpose, like, all right, the purpose isn't here just so that we can have a fun time. Okay, the person's for me is what, uh, what Jesus said to the disciples, to teach them what God has commanded us and to be like Christ. And one thing I'll just add to that, add to this, is that discipleship isn't just, oh, I'm going to find just Christians to disciple. Sometimes the first step in discipleship is evangelism. We need to go out to the nations and make disciples. And when we evangelize, we need to then not only just evangelize, oh, congratulations, you're saved, now you're in, come part of the church, it's great to know you, bye. No, we evangelize so that for the purpose of hoping we could maybe have another disciple that they could be a disciple maker as well. So we need to also make sure we know that our evangelism is supposed to lead into discipleship, that when someone, we might be have the pleasure of seeing someone saved in, in our conversation. Remember, I, I need now need to make sure they get discipled either by, by myself or other godly men or godly women so that they can be like Christ and be making more disciples. Right. Yeah. Well, man, our, our goal in this episode has been to hopefully remove some of the um, paralyzing stigma of discipleship there of thinking that it's something for you know somebody who's super advanced or it has to be a program or I'm done with the program. Now what I do? Um, it doesn't have to be complicated, man. It's, it's living your life together as brothers in Christ. And it's one who's an older believer, a more mature believer, not necessarily just an age, but just a more seasoned saint, somebody who's uh, been a believer for longer coming alongside a younger believer and saying, Hey, look, this is what it looks like to obey Jesus. This is what it looks like practically in life to be like Christ. And so men, that should be our goal. And that should be our goal in our relationships as we come alongside other men as well. So remember, we are never done being discipled and we are never done discipling uh, until Christ calls us home. So we will be praying for you this week as you go and strive to make disciples as quality men of God. 